You're listening to Wharfside, stories from Portland Harbor's working waterfront. I'm Galen Koch. Today, we're on Widgery Wharf. Commercial Street spans Portland's working waterfront from east to west. In the summer, this street overflows with people working and people visiting. Just about in the middle of Commercial Street, on the water side, there's a two-block expanse of public parking. It doesn't look like much, to be honest, but behind the rows and rows of cars, the asphalt turns to uneven wooden planks. We are right on the most famous wharf on the Portland waterfront. My name is Leland, that's unusual, Merrill, M-E-R-R-I-L-L. I'm on Widgery Wharf right in the middle of the old port. Built in 1777, Widgery Wharf is the oldest wharf on Portland's waterfront. Leland has been coming here for 66 years, give or take. He's 92 years old and became an owner of Widgery in the 1950s when the wharf was sold to a group of lobstermen by a private company. I think out of our pocket, we put in the whole sum total of $600 a piece. And we financed it at the bank, and of course we've long since paid it off. I say we, because I can't get out the habit of saying we, but it's not we anymore. But I, I'm still very interested because my son ties up here. So that my boat, I've had three boats, but they've always all been tied up in that same spot. Commercial Street was a, was a working street. Now it's a thoroughway, thoroughfare, a highway. It's nice and smooth, as you know, it's beautiful, but the, I like the working days. This, this wharf probably is, is the most original. It looked the same then, with lobster boats tying up on the side. Right next door to Widgery is Chandler's Wharf. These condominiums built in the 1980s prompted the citizens of Portland to vote for new zoning laws that prohibit the development of residential condos on the waterfront wharves and piers. But I thought have taken pride in the fact that we are 100% marine-oriented and, in fact, uh, lobster fishing business, so 100%. I like that, because I'm sure the time will come when there'll be many sailboats and pleasure boats, but as of now, work boats. This is definitely a working wharf. Leland believes there's between 45 to 50 people working on Widgery. It's a busy, one-lane road. Uh, this wharf being so narrow, though, it's a problem to get past each other. Lobstermen maneuver their trucks past fish houses, piles of traps, and other vehicles. There's a sense of community here. Even though we're in competition with each other, we're still buddies and friends, because there come times sometimes when your engine will break down and you need to get towed in. So you keep friendly with all your, as they say, their competition, but they're friends. Hi, Earl. How's Mr. Merrill doing? Good job. Well. We're kind of taking a tour. Today, Leland is taking me and photographer Justin Levesque for a tour of Widgery and sharing some of his memories and wisdom from 92 years on the waterfront. We start out next to Leland's fish house, where he's calling for his seagull. Where's the bird? Come on, bird. Well, usually he shows up in a minute or two if he's within hearing distance. The wharf is flanked by fish houses on both sides. There's a bright orange one, a green one, a brilliant blue one. This was my idea to paint the buildings all these bright colors. My first idea was, as you know, on the lobster boat, every man has a different color, and he has to display it 
And uh, so I thought, wouldn't it be fun to have the fish house the same color as the man's buoy color? That man's color here, he sold it out now, but his name was Steve Straw, and he had his buoys were orange. So we made his fish house orange. And Mr. Bradbury here, the next one, his buoy colors are green and white, so his fish house is green and white. <laughs> Spending an hour with Leland is like listening to the most captivating lecture about Portland's history. He's an orator, a gentleman, and a storyteller. I'm going to interrupt our tour of Widgery to hear some of Leland's memories. Some of them were recorded by Leland himself on a cassette tape over 20 years ago. I heard that you can recite Longfellow. <laughs> yeah, I admit it. In fact, Yes, I enjoy, I do. Would you like to hear a, well, I like it best, I think, the poem about the city of Portland, which is in the title of the poem is My Lost Youth. Often I think of the beautiful town that is seated by the sea. Often in thought go up and down the pleasant streets of that year old town, and my youth comes back to me. And a verse of a Lapland song is haunting my memory still. A boy's will is a wind's will, and the thoughts of youth are long, long thoughts. I was born on a little island, the farthest out, Cliff Island, in the year 1924. My parents moved out to that island from Yarmouth, and they moved out to operate a store and to be the postmaster. And so uh, I grew up in a post office. But one of the things I remember out there was in the morning, thump, 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 thump. You know what that was? My mother stamping the mail, putting the postmark on. So I do have some pretty unusual memories. Uh, during the years I was going to high school, uh, the... Uh, the Casco Bay Lines, the boat company, it was their duty to carry the U.S. mail. Well, of course, my mother on Cliff was a postmaster. And so uh, in the morning, there wasn't much mail in the winter, but there was always a first-class bag for the first-class mail. So I took that, and I would carry it down to the wharf, which would save the crewmen from walking up and getting it. So I became a friend of theirs. They liked to have me do that. And on the way home, I would take the mail from the boat back to my mother's post office. And that saved them time. So I became sort of a favorite with them. And they began to let me do things. They let me steer the boat. Even got to the point where they allowed me to make those landings. I would steer the boat into the dock and I would ring the bells and signaling engineer, and that's what's called making the landing. And you know, for a 17-year-old boy, that was exciting. I liked it. I thought it was fun. The skipper, as he stood beside the helm, his pipe was in his mouth. He watched how the veering flaw did blow, the wind now west, now south. And up spake an old seaman had sailed the Spanish main. I pray thee put in yonder port. I fear a hurricane. Last night, I don't want to keep Back on the tour, we enter Leland's fish house. 
On the inside of the door, there are dozens of faded photographs of the wharf and the fishermen who have made their livelihood here. It's a time capsule. When I grew up on that little island, I would look at a, a typical lobsterman. He would have his house up on the ridge, kind of, and a little path coming down. He would have his own private wharf and a fish house on the edge of the wharf. His boat would be tied up out on the mooring out front. I thought that was an ideal life. I, I helped my boy up until one year ago. I would uh, cut, cut wire, in fact, patch traps. But I, I don't feel capable anymore. Sad, because I want to. I desire to. <laughs> I don't want to retire. I want to keep it on the going, but I can't do it. Before leaving Widgery, Leland tries to call for his bird one more time. Come on, birds, give up your nest, your eggs, and come and eat. I've got food for you. Come on, bird. Hey, bird, come. It seems Leland's bird won't be coming today, and the tour has come to an end. There's work to be done on the wharf, and it's time we moved out of the way. I've said over and over that during my years of lobster fishing, which I think were the uh, best years, I was brought up and lived during the best years of the business. I would not want to start now. I would, not, I would like to go right back and do it all over again. Wharfside, Stories of Portland Harbor's Working Waterfront, is funded by the Waterfront Alliance and Casco Bay Estuary Partnership. Thanks for listening.